Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka. It's your boy Lim Houston on the podcast known as Nosy on the scene, making no green yet unless you help me do that. And that's the whole goal of the podcast is to not only make me money, but also talk about stuff that makes people say, yeah, I've always wondered the same kind of thing because I'm nosy about this. Hey, ho, yes, I'm serving Charlotte and surrounding and excuse me because my allergies are going crazy. Fall allergies, spring allergies, any allergies are the worst. Clogs y'all up, makes you sneeze. So excuse me. In this podcast, you might have to deal with some of that crap from my voice. Okay, so the last podcast that I talked about was the importance of massage and stretching. And it really, really is. I'm recapping it like I tend to do sometimes. But here's the deal. Your body is always working for you. You need to take the time to give back to your body. And stretching and massage therapy really does bona fide bonafiably help anybody who it works out on a regular basis even again like I brought out even if you're just doing Zumba you're still moving and knots get created over a period of time whether it's from movement or from stress or whatever so you really really should look into putting that in part as a part of your regimen um, as you continue to train because we all want to continue to live longer lives healthier lives look good and massage and stretching, active stretching techniques from somebody applying it works better than you doing it just in yoga. Now, there's a good place for yoga, but I'm just saying, you really do your body justice if you find a good therapist like me. (laughs) Anyway, all right, today I want to concentrate on football because football is finally back, live and in full effect for the NFL. Now, we've already had it from college but the college games were so great yesterday. I mean, did you watch the Texas LSU game? That hands down, they were basically trading punches. That was a bona fide great college football game. And the best part about it is Texas lost. And one of my friends is a big Texas Longhorn. So I got to talk a lot of shit about his team losing. But did you watch the Mighty Buffs? The Colorado Buffs game was a great nationally televised game. It was stupid sucky for me as a fan of the Colorado Buffs for the first half. We didn't score no points. We looked lethargic on offense. The defense actually had to try to stop the bleeding. I mean, really, I'm surprised it wasn't like 34-0 going into halftime because, I mean, they, they were moving the ball. They were moving the ball, and then we would come up with a key stop. Um, They still scored 17 points. And this is the same Nebraska squad. Okay, let me talk a little shit right now. This is the same Nebraska squad that during the week, all their team, not all of them, but a lot of their team members were talking a bunch of shit to the buff kids, the football players, all right? Putting everything out there on social media, just talking mad shit. And I get it, you know, it, it it does help pump people up, you know, but I I probably would have needed felt the need to respond if I was one of the teammates, but Mel Tucker told his squad, don't even respond to it. What matters is what happens on the field. Well, I didn't know, and this, this kind of makes me feel kind of some type of way. I didn't know 
that Nebraska traveled that well. See, when I'm saying travel that well, 70% of the people who came to the game were Nebraska Cornhuskers. 70%. That meant that a large population of CU Buff ticket holders sold out to sell their tickets for now, got off of money. I ain't going to lie. They, those tickets were high priced. But when they were reselling those tickets, some tickets that were in the nosebleeds were selling for three, $400 a ticket. So I get the economic side, but the fan part of me says, don't sell out. Don't, don't sell out. Come to the damn game. Support the buffs. You had 30% of the people in the stadium that were buff fans. Now, Mel Tucker did say that they were loud, and he said you could definitely tell that they were cheering them on louder than Nebraska. Well, Nebraska had to shut the F up because they were the tide was turning in the second half. And when the buff came, buffs started coming back in the third quarter, I didn't want to get too excited because, see, what, what I did was I went to a bar to go watch the buffs at first because I knew there was a guy who's there who's a Cornhusker fan, and we made a promise to, to meet up at the bar. After the first half, when it was 17-0, I told him, man, I got to go. I, I can't be here anymore because I was dropping the F-bomb. I will, you know, I get a little rowdy, and this has nothing to do with drinking alcohol. <laughs> it's just when I'm watching a team that I love to, to watch and I root for, I get a little extra. So I had to remove myself because I knew the restaurant people probably didn't uh, care for my rants <laughs> and my my tantrums and stuff like that. So I had to go. I had to leave and just, just watch it by myself, okay? Just be by myself. And so that's what I did. And so in the third quarter when they started coming back, and the score ended up, you know, come, it was like 24-14. I didn't get too excited. I, I, I was happy that they were fighting. Uh, that I was happy about. I didn't expect them to win. I was just happy about it. Come the fourth quarter, <laughs> when we tie it up, 31-31. And I'm like, uh-oh, we're going to win this game. We, we have a good shot at winning this game. I said it to myself because I didn't want to put, put it out there for the universe to screw me up. And we won 34-31. The kicker on Nebraska side shanked an opportunity to tie the game up. It was magnificent. It was magnificent to know that those cocky Cornhuskers, their cocky team, was having to travel miles. I don't know how many miles it is from Omaha or near Omaha if that's where they came from. But they couldn't say a damn word, but get back on the freaking bus and go take your corn husker bleep, bleep, bleep back. Get out of here. You're not welcome in Colorado. Not at Boulder. Not at all. Yeah. Of course, then my second team wins uh, and they played first, which is the Michigan Wolverines. But I have to say, they're the teams that they've played have not been the highest of caliber and they have sputtered, especially on offense. Defenses look good and stout, but they have sputtered. I am concerned that 
they're not as good as their talent level shows, at least according to the star rankings that they get, these great kids with great athletic ability. And I don't know if something has to change, but when I was watching the game and anybody out there listening to this podcast, if you watch the game, didn't it look so damn predictable what they were going to do on offense? I was like, if if there's another, they call it an RPO, but clearly it's a handoff in the shotgun for, formation up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. That's all they kept doing. They didn't try anything trick, tricky, nothing. They didn't, they didn't get everybody out in space like this whole offense was supposed to do. And Gaddis, who's the offensive coordinator, was touted as, oh, we're bringing this new style that is going to be, dude, it really looked like a a version of their old style, but in shotgun formation. Because that's what they would do, minus the fullback. They don't have a fullback now. But last year and years before, same philosophy. I formation, run it up the middle. It was so boring. It was so predictable. I, I really don't understand where Michigan is going to win the Big Ten title and all, especially with the way Ohio State whooped Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is no scrub, but they shut them out. Uh, so any of my fellow Go Blue fans, we are in for a, I don't know, not a treat. I don't know what we're in for, but something's got to change. Shea Patterson fumbling the ball everywhere, missing receivers that are wide open that have like four or five yards on the defender that's following them. Come on. And this is against Army. It was terrible. It was terrible. terrible. But today we have Panther football. Okay, because my Broncos don't play until Monday night against the Antonio Brown list Raiders. And we're going to get into Antonio, Antonio Brown in a second, I'm going to give you my take on that whole situation. But for right now, let's talk Panther football. They have a bona fide killer visitor in the Rams. All right. The Los Angeles Rams are are here in Charlotte. The game has already kicked off. I haven't seen anything or if there's been a score yet. But the Panthers, if they can win this game... Oh, my God, that says says large volumes for this team because the Los Angeles Rams, even though they lost the Super Bowl and handily by Belichick and the Patriots, they are still a bona fide lethal weapon in the NFL. They've got playmakers all over the field on both sides of the ball. So, my God, please, will the Panthers just go ahead and beat down the Rams and pull off what could be called an upset but the, the Panthers have lethal weapons, too. It's just the Panthers are going to go as far as the defense and Cam Newton takes them. Because let's face it, Christian McCaffrey, he's going to do his thing. We can count on him. On defense, we can count on the front seven. But what is that secondary going to look like this year? Secondary was terrible last year. Um so hopefully, if you're a Panther fan, you're crossing your fingers, hoping that the, there's an upgrade in the secondary and that Cam Newton really just starts to become a better game manager. Um, you know, no more 
really, unless you're ev evading a rush, no more running down the field for Cam. Dump it off. You got too many weapons. Dump it off. Save your body the wear and tear. If Cam Newton can manage the game where he can save his body on the wear and tear, utilize his formidable wide receiving core and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, they'll be just fine. And if they can get pressure on the other team, make the other team make mistakes, they'll be just fine. So that is my perspective there. On my boys, on the other hand, my Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos are going to be an interesting story in the AFC West. We all know what Kansas City can do. They're, they're lethal. They're bona fide. I never put stock in Phillip Rivers and the San, uh, not San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. That still sounds funny to even freaking say. Sandy, the Los Angeles Chargers, they are, man, what do I want to equate them to? You remember back way back in the day when Michael Jordan was playing and the Cleveland Cavaliers didn't have LeBron, of course, back then. But they were they were there. They were in it. They would go to the Eastern playoffs. But you knew they just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough of it to make it work. That's just like the Los Angeles Chargers. It still doesn't feel good saying that, by the way. Again, I know I've said that before. But the Chargers do not have enough to carry them through to really battle for the AFC West. It'll be very interesting what my Broncos do on defense. I feel, because I believe they brought Brandon Marshall back as a linebacker, I feel like if he's back with Shane Ray and Von Miller, and then in the secondary is, you know, doable. Chris Harris can cover still. Um, we've got a decent secondary that we should be all right on defense. Flacco is the person that is just – I. He can't, I don't think he could do anything worse than what we had last year. But I don't know if we get significant upgrades with his ability. He's older. He doesn't, he does, he doesn't flash. And I know when we had Peyton Manning and he was at the end of his career, you just trusted him to not really screw up royally. I don't have that same faith in Flacco. I hope our running game can balance the weakness of the passing game. And I'm saying weakness just because it's Flacco. I think we have enough uh, receivers with Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, um, kid from Penn State, forgot his name. But we got enough that a, court, a good quarterback should be able to get the rock to some of those great wide receivers. It's just how's the offensive line going to work and what's the quarterback look like? That's really what it is. I'm excited for us to play the Raiders. I think we will beat them down. I think um, Carr is going to have a hard time staying upright. And I, I think we win that game. I 100% think we win that game. Because, guess what? Antonio Brown is no longer a Raider. He's gone. This nutcase left $30 million on the table for what? You know why he did it? He absolutely is bona fide cray cray. And it's not even, I'm not even trying to say this in a funny way. There is something wrong with this dude 
And the fact that the Patriots swooped in to pick him up like ASAP, and I think his deal is a one-year deal for $10 million. You know, somebody who's close to him probably should sit him down and say, let's take the year off this year and go get some therapy, serious mental therapy. Let's scan your brain to see if you have CTE because there is no person in their right mind. There is nobody on the face of this planet that would risk $30 million at all. There's nobody who has the talent that he does or did have. I can't even, I don't know if he does have it anymore because the dude is so erratic with his behavior that you can't really even see what's relevant now because he hasn't been on the field in so long. Has he had it in the past? Yeah. But what person in their quote unquote right mind becomes such a distraction that A, they spend all this money Hiring attorneys to battle a helmet issue. Okay. And there is some speculation that he was trying to get an endorsement deal from whoever made that helmet. But you lose that definitively. You come back to the organization trash talking, posting stuff on Twitter, calling Mike Mayock a cracker. Oh, my. Who, where's his friends at? Where are his friends at? You you go to the dude and long before this situation takes place where you get to the point where the Raiders said we're cutting ties, somebody take him to a licensed therapist and do some testing on his brain to see if concussions over a period of time have gone, gone undiagnosed Is there activity in his brain that's causing him to act this way? This is all in all seriousness because no person in their right mind does any of the shenanigans that he does leading up to that point. But nobody's going to walk away from $30 million. I mean, he this is just ridiculously crazy. There are no words that I can put in together on this podcast that will allow you to understand how my mind is totally flabbergasted as that there is a person on the planet earth that had an opportunity to get a money grab at $30 million and snuff their nose to it to go get 10. And he said in the past, he don't need the money anymore. Your idiot, your family could use it. Your generational family can use that money. They can turn that 30 million into 60 million into 120 million. I mean, you got to think past yourself. He is the most self-absorbed, crazy person that I, I, I've never. I thought Brandon Marshall, the wide receiver from the Broncos, was crazy. And it comes out that he actually got treatment for mental illness. I think he's split personality disorder or bipolar, something like that. But he actually got treatment and goes out and talks to people about the situation. Somebody needs to be in in Antonio Brown's corner, not from a football standpoint at all. But let's go talk to somebody. Let's talk to a a licensed uh, mental health therapist 
and work with doctors to make sure you don't have something worse. Because I, I'm sitting here saying the $30 million is a money grab that you need to go get, but it's more important for you to go get in your right mind and to go get treatment. Because he's right. He's made a lot of money. He may not need it for himself. He might not even care if his family has generational wealth. But he really needs to see somebody in all seriousness today, tomorrow, and forget about football for a minute. He can come back to that. I know he's 30 or 31, so he's getting long in the tooth from an NFL standpoint. But homeboy needs to go get some help. All right, y'all. That was the segment of a lifetime. Football is back and live in a full effect. And I love it. Love it. Talk to you later. Have a great, great work week into the weekend. And I will see you some other time. Peace out.